0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Brett. I want to welcome you here today. Welcome everyone watching online today. And I uh, just had a special request from, for someone who is watching online today. I want to say happy birthday to uh, Dennis De Los Santos. Hope I said that right. Dennis, happy birthday. So I know you're watching today. All right. You're getting some good claps. There you go, Dennis. Well, I have a very important announcement to make this morning. As of today, it is only 22 more sleeps <laughs> until Christmas. I I absolutely love this time. Uh, this is my absolutely favorite time of the year. I, I love snow in December. I love a white Christmas. I love it when I see that sweet Christmas nectar eggnog <laughs> beside the milk in the grocery stores. That, that gets me going. Uh, I love driving home at night and seeing, uh, seeing the Christmas trees lit up. In Windows, I I really love Christmas baking. I love I love all Christmas baking. Um, I love Christmas shopping. I love the crowded, bustling malls. I, I love that. I love that. I have to you know drive for 20 minutes to find parking at the Cornwall Center. I really do. I really do. I love it when cashiers say Merry Christmas. Isn't that special nowadays? That used to be how it was when I was a kid, but now that's much more special when you hear someone say Merry Christmas. I love every year watching Scrooge's heart transformation on the Christmas carol. My favorite one is uh, of the Christmas carols is the one with Alistair Sim. Everyone know that one? Alistair Sim, And absolutely, well, both. Both black and white and color. And uh, every year, I'm not kidding, every year I get emotional when Scrooge asks forgiveness from his nephew's wife. It always gets me, every year, because only the love of God can change someone's heart like that. I love Christmas carols. How many of you love Christmas? Singing Christmas carols or singing Christmas music, absolutely. I've got a Christmas playlist that I play all week long, all day long. And I've got on there "O Holy Night" four different times, four different versions of "O Holy Night." Okay, I love that. But but probably my favorite version of "O Holy Night" is when Haley Piock sings "O Holy Night" at church. It is unbelievable. And I love, I love nativity scenes, however historically inaccurate they are. <laughs> I don't care. I love them. And, and I think, you know, the world would say that I've got Christmas spirit. And, and I was reflecting on what that meant. What is Christmas spirit? What is the spirit Of Christmas and for me Christmas spirit is much more than just warm fuzzy feelings for me it's anticipation and excitement of the Christmas story for me it's about the Savior the birth of Jesus it's all about Jesus everything about Christmas points me and draws me to Jesus. So the spirit of Christmas for me is not a what but a who. It has a capital S. I believe this, the Christmas spirit is the Holy Spirit pointing the world to Jesus Christ. John 16, 14 says, He will glorify and honor me because He, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. I like the Living Bible translation. He shall praise me. And bring me great honor by showing you my glory. How many of you know that Jesus is the king of glory? Psalm 24, 8 and 10 says, Who is the king of glory? The Lord, who's strong and mighty. The Lord, who's mighty in battle. Open wide, you gates. Open wide, you ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is he? This king of glory, it's the Lord who rules over all. He is the king of glory. Do you know that the Holy Spirit's first purpose is to glorify Jesus? To glorify Jesus is to magnify him, to extol him, to praise him, to make Jesus famous. You know, there's a trend not too far back, and I don't know if it's still happening. I wouldn't doubt if it's still happening today. But there was a trend for, for quite a while, quite a number of years, people would, would steal baby Jesus from, from the front lawns of, of church nativity scenes. Has anyone heard that before? They would steal baby Jesus. And, and there was, so there was one church in Florida, they actually, they actually installed a GPS into the baby Jesus. And sure enough, their baby Jesus got stolen. And they were able to recover it because of the GPS. And you know, to me, that just represents that the world is always trying to steal Christ from Christmas. But the Holy Spirit, the true Christmas Spirit is always bringing Christ back into Christmas and shining the light on Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always announcing to the world the birth of his son, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The Holy Spirit shows the world there's hope and peace and joy in Jesus. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about three specific aspects of Christmas that point us to Jesus but also so that we can make sure, so we, we can take measures like that church in Florida, we can take certain measures to make sure that we keep Christ in Christmas, this Christmas. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, for your presence here. I thank you for you've already talked to us, for already communing with us. We thank you for that, Lord. And And God, I just pray that we continue to commune with you. We continue to hear your voice. That you have something to say to everyone in this room, no matter where they're at in their relationship with you. And so, God, I just pray that we hear that voice and that we respond and that we have an encounter this morning with the one who loves us the most. In Jesus' name. Amen, The first aspect of Christmas that that points us to Jesus, I believe uh, this isn 't in any order but but Christmas lights. How many of you appreciate christmas lights that 's awesome, me too. This year, I watched the tree lighting ceremony in uh, in New York at, at Rockefeller Center. You know they light the big Christmas tree and And they had uh, two ministers come from the city, a Catholic minister, and I think there was a a Baptist minister, and uh, they both prayed, and they acknowledged the the tree as a beacon of hope, and they acknowledged that beacon of hope as Jesus. Isn't that awesome? How many of you know that Jesus is the light of the world? John 8, verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is light in dark places. This world is full of darkness and Jesus is that beacon of hope. But you know, the main way the Holy Spirit shines the light of Jesus at Christmas is not through Christmas lights. It's not through Christmas trees, but it's through us. It's through us. It's the church. It's the body of Christ. Look at at this prophetic word in Isaiah about, about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. See, the Holy Spirit illuminates us with Jesus, and his glory is on us, and we shine with Jesus even in the deepest darkness. Many people would say in Isaiah 60, when it talks about the deep. darkness, darkness of people, that that's that's a a mental darkness. That's a a shroud of deception. That's that's depression. Uh, That's that kind of a darkness. But the light of Jesus shines even in that kind of darkness. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm sure all of you have, you know, driven to Regina in, in at nighttime, you know, and, and coming back from Moose Jaw, as soon as you leave Moose Jaw, what do you see? You start seeing lights, right? And and so Regina, it can't be hidden. This city can't be hidden because of the lights. That's the church. That's the church. We can't be hidden at Christmas time because we have the light, Jesus in Jesus, in Jesus. We are the light. And so people that are lost in the darkness in this world, they're going to see the light of Jesus in us, and that's going to attract them. People are attracted. People in need are attracted to the light. And, you know, there's many people that you're going to encounter in your life that are in your life right now, they are in your workplaces and your schools and just your day-to-day living where they have no interest in Jesus whatsoever, They have no interest in Jesus, but they are interested in the light that you have in you. They see the glory of the Lord in your life. They see peace in your homes, and they hear the hope that's on your lips and the joy of your song, and the Holy Spirit draws those people to Jesus through his light in us. And so now we do, like the Holy Spirit, we extol, we praise, we magnify, we illuminate Jesus, we exalt Jesus, we make the name of Jesus famous. Your light will point them to Jesus. Every person in need this Christmas, let them see your light And so when we see the beautiful lights of Christmas, let it remind you of the most beautiful light, capital L, that lives inside of you. And let your light shine. Turn to your neighbor and say, let your light shine. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you too. Some of you are saying things that I did not authorize. (laughs) I'm just kidding. A second way. The first one is lights. The second is Christmas music. Um, The second way that Jesus is glorified at Christmas, that the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, is through Christmas music and Christmas songs. Now, you know, granted not every Christmas song is going to lift your soul towards Jesus. Okay? Uh, When you're you're listening to Mommy Kissing Santa Claus and songs about reindeer and there's lots of songs about the weather. I I know of a four-minute and 14-second song about mittens. Why? But... But this week, I was reflecting on, on what is considered by many to actually be the very first Christmas song, and it's in the Bible. It's called Elizabeth's Song. It's in Luke chapter one, and uh, even though Elizabeth probably didn't sing this at the time, <laughs> um, it's still considered to be the very f- first Christmas song because it inspired so many poems and hymns and songs. And so just to give a quick backstory, so Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's already conceived Jesus, and she went to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. How many of you know John the Baptist? Yeah. Okay, well, this is, this is his mother. Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mother. And so Elizabeth is six months pregnant with John, okay, when Mary comes to visit And and when when she comes and Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, so I don't know what the greeting was. It could have been, "Hey, I'm here." I don't know. I don't know what the greeting was. Okay, maybe it was more, you know, holy than that. I don't know. (laughs) What's up, (laughs) cuz? You know, that probably wasn't it. But um, but whatever the greeting was, whatever the greeting was. The Bible says that her baby John jumped in her womb, and then she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was filled with God. And, and once that happened, once she was filled with the Holy Spirit, she she shouted, and this is considered to be Elizabeth's song right here. It's in Luke chapter one, in verse I think 42 to 45, something like that. It says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So the first thing I want us to see there about Elizabeth's song is that it is 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit. As soon as Elizabeth gets near Jesus, she is filled with God. And this is the miracle of Christmas that God made a way for us to come into relationship with him. He's made a way for us to be filled with him through his son Jesus. And so through Jesus, Elizabeth is filled with God and the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth starts speaking things that she could not possibly have known on her own just from hearing Mary's greeting. But it's because she is first filled with the Holy Spirit. And her song is an inspired declaration of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so Christmas songs aren't just for singing and feeling good. We like that, though, don't we? But absolutely, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to touch our hearts with song, and, and help people connect with Jesus. You know, I, I've shared this story here before, but I'll never forget this one. One time I was driving with, with my kids, and my son Isaiah was, was four, and my daughter Sierra was one. And we were driving, and it was a happy day, and, and we're listening to Christmas music, and it's great. And all of a sudden, um, Silent Night comes on. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized that Sierra is quietly, (laughs) she's quietly weeping. And right away, I want to say, Sierra, what's wrong? But then I realized what was happening. She was being moved by the Holy Spirit. She was connecting with her Savior at one years old, just like John the Baptist at six months in the womb was connecting with his Savior. And it was such a holy moment. And that wasn't the only time that happened when that song came on. In my prayer is that each one of us don't just go through this season singing songs, but that we connect with our Savior, that we have holy moments with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that sound great? Another thing I I see with with this Elizabeth song is that Jesus inspired a new song in Elizabeth. Elizabeth. You know, there's an excitement and an anticipation in Elizabeth's song that, that wasn't there before. And I know this has been a very difficult season for many of you. And I know that some of you are grieving. But I really believe that God wants to give some of us this Christmas a new song. That he wants to make our hearts jump with joy in the midst of the sorrow. That he wants to put words of hope on your lips and he wants to put a wellspring of peace and healing in your soul. I pray that over you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come near to Jesus. Come near to Jesus. Please hear me. Come near to Jesus, and He can do that for you. But come near to Jesus. The third, third way that the Spirit of Christmas, I think, glorifies Jesus is through giving, it's through giving. And so I actually brought today with me the best gift that I had ever received as a child. Like it is, it is the best. You guys are gonna, I don't want you to feel jealous, but you're gonna feel a little <laughs> jealous. It, it, it is the best gift ever. I, I got this when I was six years old, when I was six years old. And I wanna give you a little hint it can make the kessel run. In under 12 parsecs. Hmm. It's co piloted by a Wookiee. And it destroyed the Death Star not once, no, no, two times. Of course, I'm talking about the Millennium Falcon. You may all gaze on its beauty. <laughs> you may not touch it. <laughs> now, I, I just want us to understand. So I, I've got I've got Han and Chewie piloting in in the in the cockpit. I've got um, R2 and and C3PO. They're around the degeric. Did you know it's called the Dejeric table game? And I did. <laughs> And I've got, I've got, uh, I've got Obi One. Got Obi One and Luke with their lightsabers, practicing the Jedi arts. And so I did that because I wanted, I wanted this to be historically accurate. And so you're welcome for that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I played with this. Much longer than I should have. <laughs> I've got, I've got, you know, my teenage friends. Like, you want to go out? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna stick home <laughs> and play a little bit. And uh, and I just, I mean, I couldn't get enough of this thing. <laughs> and and so. Um, I'm just going to reverently cover this. (laughs) And so that was an incredible gift. But, but of course the reason we give gifts and the reason we do that is because of, because of celebration of the best gift that was ever given. Amen. Uh, John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life." I like this quote from Max Lucado, referring to John three sixteen, referring to the gift that Jesus gave us, that God gave us in Jesus—a twenty-six word parade of hope. Beginning with God, ending with life, and urging us to do the same. Bring brief enough to write on a napkin or memorize in a moment, yet solid enough to weather 2,000 years of storms and questions. If you know nothing of the Bible, start here. If you know everything in the Bible, return here. We all need the reminder, the heart of the human problem is the heart of the human, and God's treatment is prescribed. I'm going to say God's gift is prescribed in John 3.16. God gave us the one thing that we needed the most. He gave us him. We needed him the most. And two things about this gift, okay? Two things real quick. Number one is you can't earn it. You can't earn it. Look at this scripture in Ephesians 2. But God is so rich in mercy... He loved us so much that even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, he gave us back our lives again when he raised Christ from the dead. One by his, only by his undeserved favor have we ever been saved and lifted up from the grave into glory along with Christ, where we sit with him in the heavenly realms, all because of what Jesus Christ did. And now God can always point to us as examples of how very, very rich his kindness is as shown in all he has done for us through Jesus Christ. So God gave us this gift because why? Because he is rich in mercy. Because he loves us. That's why. It's nothing that we have done that God gave us this gift. It's only him. And it's only because of what Jesus did. We're only saved. We only have hope. We only have the gift of Jesus because of the grace of God. Amen? Amen. And so we would all just receive, so we, we all receive God's gift the same way we receive any gift. We take it and we say, thank you. Can everybody say, Thank you, God. Thank, you, God. "Thank you, God." Thank you, God. Amen. I'd like to. I'd like to just demonstrate that. I'd like to give a gift to someone. I got a little, uh, little Christmas bag here. I was going to say Santa bag, but someone might get offended by that, so I'm not going to say that. We're a little gift. Um, Jason, could you come up here for a sec? I just want to give you, this is the sharpest dressed guy in this room. You know what I'm saying? So, Jason, I just want to give you this gift, right? There you go, man. Okay, just stay here for a sec. Did you see? Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, buddy. Just trust me. So, so he did exactly what we're supposed to do with the gift that God gives us. He took it, and then he said, thank you. That's what we do, right? You didn't, you didn't offer to vacuum my my house, or, no, no, or, uh, you know, go bake me some cookies or something, no, you gonna do that, no, he just said, thank you, okay, um, but here's the second part, so number one, we don't earn the gift, but number two, uh, Jesus is the one gift that we're supposed to re-gift, so Jason, yeah. I want you to re-gift that. Go ahead. Anybody you want. Anybody you want. Oh, these guys' eyes set. Hey, Tim Robin. There you go. Come here, Jason. Come here, Jason. Come here, man. <laughs> That's not, it's not over. And so the one thing about, about Jesus is when you give Jesus away, you still have Jesus. Jesus. But but now you got another gift, so you gotta you have to regift it because that's what we do with Jesus. You gotta regift that, man. Go for it. (laughs) Oh just just, Jason, come here, man. Jason, come here. That's that's just what I wanted. But you still have another one. It's got a receipt on it. Now you gotta regift that one. Oh, don't give it to another pastor. Oh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, you're gonna know, re gift that, Phil? Hey. He's kinda of toying. Oh there you go. And you got another one. You get to re-gift that. He's got he's got someone li- he's got his sight on someone there. Did he just give that? <laughs> give to me an aww. All right, Jason, I've got, uh, I've got no more gifts in here. I'm just keen. I've got one more. That's for you, buddy. You can go sit down. I'm going to give this to you, Peter. That's for you, buddy. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, amen. So I don't actually need to come back up here. I'm going to invite our worship team forward. And, and why don't we, uh, we're going to sing, O Come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us, right? And so we're going to sing, O Come, Emmanuel. And, and in this time, why don't we invite Jesus into our Christmas? Amen? Let's invite Jesus to come, God with us, into our Christmas, into our lives.